Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. 15, pardon me. Luke 15. Luke 15. Third book in the New Testament. Found your place. Luke chapter 15. Follow with me, please. I read verse 1 and on. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Then, if you will, go down with me to verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. There wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto him, to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But this, but as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, 
Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should be, make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. Let's stand to our feet as we read just the last verse. 32nd verse, together in unison. It was meet that we should be merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Our Father, we thank thee for thy word. The entrance of thy word giveth light and we need a lot of light in this dark world. We need the light of the glory of God to come in our hearts as we hear the word preached and as we sing about the word of God. The entrance of thy word giveth light. And, O oh God, lighten our hearts to, uh, this morning. And, Lord Jesus, we pray if there's any in darkness that they might, as this young one, dear Lord, was found, help us to rejoice at the salvation of the lost. Bring them to thyself, our Father, these that are dead in trespasses and sins, that they might be made alive again. How we thank Thee, dear God, that we've been uh, quickened by Thy Word. We've been made alive. And Jesus is the light of the world. And He is the life. He is the resurrection and the life. And so may we come to Him who is life itself and get the light of the gospel shining on our darkened hearts. Even we that are saved, our Father, we could use some more light this morning. May the Word of God do something good in our hearts. We sense Thy presence during the Sunday school hour. And we need Thee again in this hour. And we'll need Thee again tonight as we stand and preach the Word of God. Quicken the ears of the hearers in our hearts and our lips our minds we pray, and may Jesus Christ and He alone receive all the praise and glory, for Thou hast said, I will not share my glory with another, not with any preacher, no matter how eloquent he may be. Thou wilt not share Thy glory with another. You'll get all the glory, our Father, and we give Thee praise and glory now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As we begin the 15th chapter of the book of Luke, we see that the Pharisees here, it says that all, isn't this interesting, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. Now, if you go out knocking on doors or doing soul winning or talking to people as I did in the airport uh, yesterday, you cannot expect them, if, especially if they are people of means and have some money and are dressed in real fancy clothes, they just might want to spit on you because they spit on my Jesus when he went to Calvary, you recall. And many times they tried to cast him over a precipice and kill him that way, but it wasn't his time yet. And he wasn't going to die that way anyhow. He was going to the cross. 
Amen. What they says in the Psalms, they pierced my hands and my feet, and that's the way he had to die. Amen. To fulfill those scriptures. But they were hated. He was hated, and they hated me. Jesus said, they'll hate you. You know why? Because Christ lives in you. They didn't lo love Jesus then, and they won't love you now. So if you're saved now, and you think everybody's going to be your friend, and now you're saved by His grace, you have a rude awakening coming to you. If they didn't love Him, they're not going to love your Bible, your church, your God, nor you, because you're standing up for Christ and speaking out for Him and shining like you ought to shine. Amen? In the midst of this dark world. Well, here it says, they all, all the publicans and sinners. I want you to know something. The first book of the New Testament was written by a publican. His name was Matthew. Oh, I just love Matthew's gospel. I just, every time I hear it, I just, the parables are so wonderful in Matthew. God gave it to him now. God gave it all to him. But I'll tell you what, it's just just marvelous. I was just sort of reading a, an element there in the book of John about Judas. Judas. And he was always criticizing if the money wasn't used rightly. And the Bible says in John that he, he didn't care about the woman who anointed Jesus, but he, had, he was stealing out of the bag. And I want you to know who said he was stealing out of the bag. God did, but he said it through John the Apostle. One of the twelve. And I know my Savior, the Bible's true, amen? But boy, I, I kind of like it that John, one of the twelve, wrote and just plumb told him that Judas was a devil. He was stealing all the time. That's why he criticized the woman, and Jesus said, she hath done what she could. I wonder if we've done what we could. What, could they put that on our gravestone as they did Fanny Crosby who wrote, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Rescue the perishing. And on and on you go. He hath done what he could. Or she hath done what she could. I mentioned that in the funeral yesterday. I should say on, on uh, Friday. I said, Fanny Crosby had that on her tombstone. And Pastor Magnuson, he hath done what he could as well. It was amazing. I'll be talking more about it tonight probably. But you know... I never saw so many flower arrangements from churches. Churches. More than half of all the flower arrangements, more like two-thirds or three-quarters, were not given by individuals. They were given by churches. Churches. Praise the Lord. Ours was right, up the, uh, right there at the front. I looked all over and I said, where did, did, did somebody forget to send the flowers? And I said, and I went around all around the front there. I wanted to make sure the flowers were there, you know, or I was going to call them in. That was at the viewing on Thursday. And I went all through all the flowers up there. And I probably wondered what in the world I was doing. I was looking at all of them. I wanted to find out if ours got there. And I went all the way in the back and went all around. And there was only one left. I said, oh, my. They forgot them. Sure enough, went over there. That was the one right in the front. That was our flowers. Oh, man, I got excited. And then later the next day, they put it right in the front. Right in the front as you walk in the, the doors. And it was right on the side there as you walked in before. I thought, isn't that nice? Praise the Lord. Beautiful flower arrangement on a tripod and everything. I want you to know, but Pastor Magnuson, he did what he could. He did what he could. And I wanted uh, the people there to know. And I told them about the $1,100 that we gave to, for Brother Magnuson. What we ought to do, what we can for God's man. Do what we can for others. 
and try to reach sinners for Christ. I thought about his dear brother as he said, he told about a man that he met. And by the way, he was the lawyer. I don't know which side you were on, but he was the attorney who did all the writing up of the thing for uh, President Bush down there in Florida. He was the very one that did it. He didn't do the speaking. Olson did the speaking. But he was the one, the mastermind, and he did it all up so Olson could do it right. Anyhow, and he's one of the top lawyers. Here he had the funeral on Friday, and he's one of the top lawyers, top five lawyers in the whole country. And he never takes a case before he prays and fasts first. The last I heard many years ago, he'd never lost a case. Boy, that's something. But he's one of the top lawyers, and he gave, boy, he can preach too. He's got the Straight Gate Church. Boy, that's a good name for a church, don't you think? Up there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Straight Gate Church. Wow, enter in at the Straight Gate. For straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it, and wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. But you know, you'll always be criticized. Brother Magnuson, even here, the, the Pharisees, they speak up. They speak up against these sinners and publicans and sinners. They came to hear him. You know, you go down there in Mexico and they kind of want to hear you, don't they? Because they don't have anything of this world's goods. If the people shun you around here, find, find a, a dumpy, divey, poor place in, the, in or around your city and go down that street where there's little tricycles and bicycles all over the place and the houses are run down and old and tattered and, and you wonder if the roof's fallen in their houses and go and knock on the door and they might even say, come on in. But the fancy houses won't say, come on in. They've got bars and gates and dogs and everything else. And then they come out in their fancy clothes and they have no time for your Jesus, usually. So I'm just saying all that to say this. And then who criticizes the fact that the sinners were there? And the publicans were there. The publicans were tax collectors. Matthew was a tax collector. Jews sure hated them because they were collecting their taxes. And most of those tax collectors, by the way, they were told you get so much and whatever you get over and above that, that's, that's yours. So they overtaxed the people. They were not just, most of them. So they called them, what? Publicans or tax collectors and sinners. But those are the ones that heard him gladly. But when they heard him gladly and gathered around Jesus for to hear him the, and the Pharisees and scribes Murmur, You know, that's what destroyed them all in the, in the wilderness wanderings, murmuring. It's one of the worst things can ever come into a church. I don't think we have any now and don't want any. It'd be better to lose a few people if they're murmurers and lose them earlier on than to have them murmuring about everything, griping and complaining. Amen. And uh, I just need to say this and say it kindly. Now, please don't get upset with me. Okay? I know you've, some of you have already heard it, but some of you haven't heard it. They say that those couple in the Bible were sent to cheese and different ones that they were, they were females. By the way, there are other women in the Bible that are highly commended, like Ruth and all these others that would help Paul, many. But you need to be careful, ladies. Amen? If women speak about 25,000 words a day and men only speak about 2,500 words a day, 
I know you have 10 times as much possibility of causing trouble with your tongues, ladies. Hello, good morning. Smile at me even after I said that now. Don't be an ERA girl. Believe the Bible. Amen? So, and it may help you to have a little more patience with your husband too, ladies. Men are not prone to talk as much as you'd like him to talk. It may help you to have patience with that fellow. Doesn't he talk to me? Doesn't he love me? He never talks to me. Does all he do is think all the time? Hmm? All he does is work on the garden all the time. All he does is work on his car all the time. Why doesn't he take some time with me and talk to me and sit down? Well, just keep in mind, you maybe talk 10 times as much as he does on the average. Amen? You're the one around the house and talking to the kids and comforting the little kids and talking to your sister and the other relatives and everything else. Amen? But have a little more patience with them. And you fellas, it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to talk to your wives a little bit more. If that's the case, she wants someone to talk to. Amen? So you better give her a lot of babies and then she can talk to them. Amen? 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 You get about five or six, seven, eight kids in the house and she won't need you quite as much, fella. Amen? She'll be getting after them and changing diapers. She's so busy. Helping them with their homework and every other kind of work. Okay. You mothers even be there for your kids. I know you're so busy, but you know, it wouldn't hurt you mothers once in a while. Get out and play with your kids a little bit when they're real little. Amen? Play with them a little. When I was a child, I thought as a child. Spake as a child. Amen? But now that they're getting a little bit bigger, you better cause them to learn to be grown-ups. Teach them to grow up. And out of those childish things. Well, the Bible says here, And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. That's the same thing that they accused our Savior of over and over and over again. He eats with sinners. We better have time for sinners. We better eat and care about sinners. For once we were a sinner. Now we're a saved sinner. Amen. We're a redeemed sinner. We better take time for the lower class and those that are not in the right professions. We better have time for the fellow who delivers the beer. Go after him, in fact. Amen. And try to win him to Christ. But I have some other verses to give to you about the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Jesus was correcting them often and said unto you wives, uh, woe unto you scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. That was their problem. The last word was they were hypocrites. Hypocrites. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for theirs, there is nothing covered. This is for all of us, though. Listen to this, friends. For Jesus said, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed neither hid that shall not be uh, not be known therefore whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light and that which ye ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops 
Doesn't that get a little bit awesome? Whatever you said in the closet is going to be out there in front of everybody, shouted from the housetops. We better be careful, little tongue, what you say. The tongue is an unruly evil. I just mentioned it about speaking too much. But the thing is, it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. Amen? Our tongue is set on fire of hell, it says in James. No man can tame the tongue. And when that says no man, that's generic. That's man or woman. Amen? No man can tame the tongue. So our tongue needs to be used in prayer to God, in praise to God, in witnessing to others, in praying for others, in preaching the gospel. The way to, to tame your tongue, sister or brother, is to use it for the glory of God. And then the Bible says also, study to be quiet. We that may be extra talkative, study to be quiet. Be still and know that I am God. I get amused at some of the people that come to our church here. And they're so used to a jivey, jumpy service that they don't know how to appreciate good, godly music. They've become so accustomed to this trashy, junky music that they don't know how to appreciate a song that's a, a hymn of praise to God. I preached in a church service this last Wednesday night. And it was awful. I wasn't lined up to preach there. I went there with this friend who had a problem who went down to the funeral with me the next day. And he's, he's joined that church. I knew him from years gone by when he was still with his wife, but now he's, he's had his home split up. But I went to that church and I'm not ridiculing the pastor, it breaks my heart. But he used the, what do you call it, little thing, he used this canned music, and he pushed a certain thing. Every one of the songs I was afraid to even ask about singing, they did have a hymn book there, but the one they were using were, were all these choruses. And all these new songs, they were from 1970, the 1970s on. None of them were before 1970. I went and checked every one of them. It was just one of those little books. It didn't even have the music in there, just the words. I didn't even know the songs. And it's very seldom that you can have a song that is even brought up at the funeral. There were three beautiful songs and I've been saved for over 40 years. And they sang, but until then, my heart would go on singing. The son, Roy Magnuson, always sang it so beautifully. And until then, oh, it's just beautiful. And then they sang, uh, what, uh, better, what is that? Better. Oh, sooner or later. They sang sooner or later. These were peppy songs for a funeral. Sooner or later. God takes us home sooner or later. Beautiful song. I knew that song. I, can't, I haven't heard it in years, but I'd heard it before many times. And 
And I could have almost, you know, after, if they sang it one time, I could have sung it. And then they sang another one, which is my favorite. I think I'm going to have my wife at my funeral have all three of these. I just, I thought it was just wonderful. Wonderful. They sang, over the sunset mountain, Jesus, my Savior, I see. I, I heard that song. I knew, in that funeral, I knew every one of those songs. I, th- down at the house, when the music was playing, as Pastor Magnuson was laid out there, and they had this beautiful music there for he and his wife and anyone else in the family, and then for the lady that came in, took care of Pastor Magnuson in his dying days, and all they had this beautiful music. There wasn't a song I didn't know on those, on those tapes. They were beautiful. Beautiful songs. But on that Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, there was hardly one song that I knew or could even sing. No song leader. We don't need you anymore, Pastor Hammonds, I guess. That's stupid. Surely you need a leader. You don't need a pastor just pushing a different button and he got it mixed up one time and it didn't quit when it should. Ah, I don't like all that stuff. That's a bunch of modern junk. Now, use it at your home, but don't use it at church. And then only use the right songs then. Because everything we hear or see, we're going to meet God with it. Amen? Oh, we ought to sing, what, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. I looked at those songs, those cheap songs, those very inferior songs, and there was no doctrine there. It was all emotion and no doctrine, no Bible, no nothing, nothing firm and solid at all in it. It's a sin not to use the old hymns. And I told some other people, I said, it's a sin especially against the older people. It's a wicked, terrible sin against older people when they don't know that they've gotten to the place where they won't even sing the old rugged cross or blessed assurance or at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the fancies of sin I resign. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Oh, doctrine. Doctrine is what we need today. Die for such a worm as I. Such a worm as I. Oh, my. Pastor Magnuson's brother, right during the sermon, he said, he said, we're nothing but a worm. Nothing but a worm. Praise God he saved this worm, though. Amen? All you do with worms is put them on a fishing hook and throw them in and get a fish with a worm. But praise God, God saved this worm. Amen? I'm going to glory. Thank God for his grace. His grace. Then we have this parable here. And we have the other one about the sun. Here's what happened. I'll briefly give it to you. We already read it. Then I'll try to close. It says in the portion that Jesus gave us, and by the way, this is marvelous because the greatest man that ever spake gave this about the, this parable about the wayward son. You know what? What he did, he went and wasted it. He asked for his inheritance. He was the younger son, and he went out, and he wasted his substance in riotous living. 
And when he had wasted everything, he, he found himself joining himself. He'd gone to a far country, and you're a long way away when you're away from God and away from the Father and away from home and away from the things of heaven. And he comes to himself, and here he is feeding the swine. And he would have, he, there was such a famine, the Bible says, that he, he would have eaten the husks of the corn. That's how hungry he was, and nobody gave to him. When you're out in sin, all the devil will do is give you a hard time. If you get real drunk, and people will mistreat you and everything. Amen, and they'll laugh at you in your drunken stupor. Hmm? But God won't laugh at you. Good Christians won't laugh at you. They'll weep for you. They'll pray for you. They'll try to care about you as Jesus cared. And he came to himself. Thank God when a man comes to himself and he says, I, I repent, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. We have sinned against heaven. For that's God's home, heaven. And he came to himself. He said, I'm going to... He said, the hired servants... The, the, the servants around the house are being treated better than I am. I'm eating husks. I'm feeding swine. And swine are the lowest thing. We're not even supposed to touch swine when we are a Jew. And you're never to eat their meat. Hog meat. That was forbidden of a Jew. He's at the lowest. He's down at the end. Boy, when you get to the end of yourself, God's about ready to step in and do something for you and me. He came to himself. And he thought, oh my, the servants are doing better than I'm doing. I'm going to go home to my father and I'm going to ask him to just make me like one of his hired servants. At least I have some food to eat. And oh, I've done a terrible thing. I've wasted all, all my father's inheritance. I've wasted it all. And the, and the Bible says that his brother said he'd wasted it on harlots. I think he'd done wrong. Don't you think he'd done wrong? His brother must have heard word back from the far country how he'd wasted his father's inheritance. And so what happens is the son says, well, I'm going to go home. The younger son, he said, I've, I've come to myself. I'm going to go and present myself to my father. Maybe he'll even make me one of his hired servants. I was his son, but now maybe he'll make me a hired servant. At least I get something to eat. He comes and his father sees him afar off. And I'll tell you, God's, the father's always looking for those that want to come back to him. Amen. You're not looking for God. God was looking for you, friend. God was looking for that wayward sinner. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the best that he had. He gave Jesus the best he had for the lowest of us. The one that had wasted his substance, wasted everything God had given him, and wasted it and sold it all to the world, and even lived with harlots. And his father, he doesn't bring up his harlotry, does he? He doesn't bring up his sin. My son is coming home. And he runs and goes and gets the servant and said, go and fix the fatted calf. 
My son was dead and he's alive again. You're dead in trespasses and sin until Jesus finds you. This, my son, was lost and now he's found. He's come home. But he comes and tells his father exactly that. I'm, just make me as one of your hired servants. He said, I've sinned against you, Father, in heaven. And you know what the father says in essence? He said, bring, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand. Woo! When you repent, God's got some blessings. He's got just all kinds of blessings for you. When you get saved, you come to the Father and you come with repentance. Repentance. By the way, this is the very sermon that Jesus was giving to rebuke those proud Pharisees. That's what he was doing. He was using this sermon and also the lost sheep. He was showing them that they ought to care when, when, because the Father wants, God Almighty wants those to come and trust him. He wants to forgive people. He wants to bless us. And there's rejoicing in heaven over that one lost sheep or that one lost prodigal son that he brings back. And so he's making this big ado and what they're getting together and the music is playing. They're having a party, sure enough. They're having a spiritual party. Thought about that. We saw all these girls yesterday at the restaurant as we came back. They're all at dancing school. Well, don't you let your kids go to dancing school. If we have any dancing around here, it'll be dancing in the spirit only. Amen? Don't believe in his carnal dancing, his fleshly dancing. It says they danced there. It said David danced before the ark, coming in. Yes, I'll preach a sermon on it to you one day. Amen? Spiritual dancing. It's biblical. But this carnal stuff, it made me sick yesterday, and it makes God sick too. Or I am far from as holy as my God who made me. Amen. Now say amen. Come on. See, there's the music of heaven, then there's the world's music. There's the dance in the spirit and the dance of the flesh. And they're so far and diametrically opposed. Well, I could preach a whole sermon on that. But anyhow, they were all having a good time. The sun comes from out in the field. He's a working sun, is he not? He's a busy sun, and he's a faithful sun. And he said, he even came out and said, I've kept all the commandments. It sounds like the Pharisees and scribes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. This is a rebuke to them. And the son, the older son, comes in and he said, he won't go in. He said, I'm not going in. Boy, isn't he? A, he's real spiritual, isn't he? Huh? And then the father comes out and then it says that he, in a sense, he's saying, Father, you didn't even, I've been faithful in everything and you didn't even kill a baby goat, a kid of the goats for me. And here you've killed for my brother the fatted calf. You never did that for me. Boy, that's the way the Pharisees were, weren't they? Hmm? Proud. They couldn't rejoice in dirty people, sinners, coming to Jesus, publicans and sinners. That's why Jesus gave this parable. God cares for dirty people. And if you don't, shame on you. Amen. You, sometimes to reach these dirty people, you have to get down there and, and put your arm around an old uh, sinner. Uh, some of you ladies wouldn't hurt you to go down there and find some uh, the dirtiest girl in town. Fine, dirty girl, winner to Christ. You might have to smell like alcohol, amen, and go into her house and smells like a pig pen. 
Amen? But if you get her saved, oh, she'll clean up. She'll clean up. Or you fellas, why don't you go and find some drunk, some dirty sinner? You're too fancy for that, are you? I dress up because I think I'll dress nice for the Lord on the Lord's day. It's not a, I'm not above going down there, putting my arm around some dirty drunk, down around where Joe Grab and my wife and Linda were. They say it's in the heart of Dallas. Is it Dallas? Oh, and they were scared for their life. All the bums were right in the hospital coming up, asking them for money and everything. That's where you go for your field trip, fellas. And don't take the girls there. Amen? Just go to skid row around that hospital up there and preach the gospel to them. Amen? Put your arm around some dirty, stinking drunk and try to tell them that Jesus Christ will save his soul and make him clean. Listen, you don't have to deal with all these nice people all the time. Why don't you go deal with some real dirty people? Hmm? Some real sinners. Publicans. Amen? The greatest men I know, they said, well, I go to a town and preach a revival. I want to know who's the dirtiest, wicked sinner man in the whole town. We'll get him saved and then we'll have revival. And sometimes they did, got that dirty drunk saved, and boy, revival came. Because everybody know, knew that uh, Bill, he was the drunk in town. Bill got saved? Bill got religion? Well, I'm going to go hear what that preacher's got to say if Bill had changed. Huh? And they come and say, boy, it is real, isn't it? Bill did get saved. He just saved me. Amen? Oh, I tell you, that's what it takes. But here he comes in. He said, I won't go in. And what did the father say? He said, you're ever with me and everything I have belongs to you. We can get so filled with self. For this my son was lost. By the way, did you know this? Did you, did you get that? The older son said, this thy son. He didn't say my brother. He said, this thy son. He did just like Gehazi did. He said, this Syrian. That was the sermon I was going to preach this morning. But I'll give it to you in brief. See, Gehazi was just like Judas. Just like Judas. And he, he didn't rejoice at all at Naaman's being cleansed, and so he got the leprosy of Naaman. I believe we ought to rejoice when sinners get saved. It says, in the presence of the angels, there's rejoicing. When one sheep, one lost sheep gets found, we're in the lost and found business. There was the lost coin, there was the lost sheep, and here's the lost son. And they all had to repent. Repentance. But when they're found, we ought to rejoice. That woman said, boy, I swept my house and I found the coin. We were lost like that, weren't we? And that sheep was lost. And he said, leave the 90 and 99 and go out for the one. And here he says, the he said, you're with me all the time. He said, this thy brother Amen. He is he's lost he was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he's alive. Well, these bunch of hypocrites needed a slap in the face, didn't they, by the Savior? He sure gave it to them when he spoke his word. They were what? Scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. They were not in touch with God. And I want to close with this illustration this morning. You've heard the little story, possibly. 
about the son. And he had gone off and he had done all kinds of things wrong. He lived right by the railroad tracks. Not, I went there this last week with mom and drove right by the old bridge that went over the railroad tracks where I used to play down the railroad tracks. Also went over to the uh, hospital grounds at Meyer Memorial. Now it's Erie County Medical Center. There he lived, this fellow lived by the railroad tracks. And he wrote a letter to his mother and father and said, Mom and Dad, he said, I'm going to be coming around at a certain hour. And he said, if you want me to come home, if you'll have me at all, put a, a, put a little white, white flag out on the tree, the apple tree in the, in the front yard. Put a little white flag and then I'll know it's all right to come home. Here he was coming in on the train and he said, oh, I'm coming around the corner where I'm at home. I, I hope there's a, a little white flag on the tree because I, I've done so wrong and I've been so sinful and so wicked. I hope there's a little flag. And he says, would you look for me? And the fellow said, oh, everything's all right, son. He said, the whole apple tree's full of white flags and there's a little old man and a little old lady out there waving a big old white sheet. And everything's all right. You can go home. I'm telling you, my heavenly father's out looking for you to come on back home. If you're in sin, he wants to cleanse you. If you are away from God as a believer, the Lord wants to forgive you and bring you close again and make something of your life that may be in all disarray at this time and he'll set you up and the joy bells will ring again as they did at the woman in the well when Jesus came by. Old business picked up in her heart. Amen? And a whole town got saved. Aren't you glad the Lord forgives us? Oh, and I'm glad for this son that had the father looking and running to meet him. Let's have prayer. Father, we love thee. Thank thee for thy wonderful word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but thou hast said, my word shall not pass away. So, Father, bless this thy holy word to our hearts this morning. We pray that we'd come home. The song says, ye that are weary, come home. Come home. And then the other song, I surrender all. And then our Father, have thine own way, Lord. And then the other one, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood for me. There's one here without Jesus, save their soul. May they repent and turn to Christ and be saved. And we that are saved already, may we really want to serve thee and come to thee and know thee. And then we pray for any that need to be members of the church, that the Holy Spirit would speak to their hearts, and they would yield to Christ. And any that need to be baptized, as our sister desires to be baptized next week, may they present themselves for baptism. And may we yield all to Christ, we pray. And we ask in Jesus' name.